It's November 1974, Memphis. A group of FedEx executives are at the Sawmill restaurant near the company's headquarters. It's become a tradition to retire there after business hours to continue hashing out the day's problems. And today, there is a big one. An executive leans forward. We might have to start turning down packages. FedEx CEO Fred Smith slams his fork down on the table emphatically. No, this UPS strike isn't going to last forever. And when it's over, a whole bunch of customers are going to run right back to them. But while they're with us, I want them to have the best experience possible. Plant that seed. That means we don't turn down a single package. Roger Frock, the company's chief operating officer, looks at him pleadingly. Fred, we have to consider it. We physically can't fit any more boxes on the planes. And even with every plane making double runs, we're barely making our deliveries. With UPS drivers on strike in New York, customers have turned to FedEx, leading to a huge spike in business. The company used to average 30,000 packages per month, but now they're on pace to hit 300,000 packages in November. It's straining capacity. Brock leans forward, trying to make sure Smith hears him. If we break our promise to customers and don't make our deliveries on time, that's a much bigger problem than if we tell them our planes are sold out. Smith shakes his head, frustrated. What we need are bigger planes. Agreed. But we're not going to change the law on that before UPS wraps up this strike in a few weeks. The entire airline industry is under strict government regulation. And that includes limits on how large cargo planes can be. We need a solution so that we can keep adding packages without missing our deliveries. And obviously, we can't afford to buy more planes. I mean, that would sink the whole company. An executive at the end of the table looks up, an idea coming to him. What about the courier packs? Brock looks at him, confused. Courier packs are legal-sized envelopes for documents that FedEx ships for a flat fee. They've offered them since they launched a year and a half ago, but the service never took off. What about them? We can fit a lot more courier packs on planes than we can boxes. What if we really started pushing them? It would be a way to expand business without overtaxing our planes. Brock is unsure, but Smith likes the idea. He snaps his fingers and points at the executive. I like it. And when they're picking up courier packs, our delivery men don't need to go to the loading docks. They can stride right through those office buildings in their snappy uniforms. We'll get some free advertising, too. Brock's convinced. If Fred likes it, let's do it. FedEx aggressively pushes courier packs. Companies quickly become dependent on using overnight delivery to send documents from one branch to another. It's such a hit that some executives get frustrated by how much money their employees are spending on the service, nicknaming it federal excess. By the end of November, New York UPS drivers are back at work. As expected, FedEx's volume drops, but the company is still shipping twice as many packages as they were before the strike. With FedEx on more solid footing, Smith decides it's time for the next challenge, taking on the United States government. Enjoy a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies' Black Friday in July event. Get amazing savings with up to 50% off high-performance computers and tech built for business. And be able to take your office with you with Windows 10 Pro. Plus, 
Get great offers on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and more, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. And speak with a Dell Technologies advisor today. Louisiana has unmistakably unique culture, world-class cuisine, and the nation's top-ranked workforce development program. This incredible state's business environment is powerful, rich, and diverse. It's the gateway to 38 states and the world with a port system delivering the most domestic cargo in the U.S. It's also where NASA and higher ed partners build rockets that will transport the first women to the moon. Discover Louisiana's investment resources at OpportunityLouisiana.com to learn how your company can gain a competitive advantage in Louisiana. From Wondery, I'm David Brown and this is Business Wars. In our last episode, FedEx faced a rocky beginning, frequently on the edge of ruin. But with determination and a little luck, they managed to hang on and reach financial stability. UPS ignored FedEx, convinced the company would fail fast. It declined to copy its new competitor and invest in its own planes. Instead, it stuck to its tried-and-true strategy of expanding its ground service in the United States. The company also faced a labor force that was growing more and more unhappy, providing an opening for FedEx to move in on UPS's turf. But in order to keep growing, FedEx is going to have to stand up to the U.S. government. And UPS realizes it needs to change tactics and challenge FedEx directly. This is Episode 3, We're Gonna Need a Bigger Plane. It's 1975. George Lamb, a VP for UPS, knocks on his colleague's door at the new company headquarters in Greenwich, Connecticut. Come in. Lamb strides in and holds up a copy of the latest annual report. Have you read this? I took a gander, but I haven't studied it yet. What's on your mind? In this whole report, there's not a single word about Federal Express. Lamb's colleague shrugs. They're not our competition. Besides, they'll be out of business soon anyway. Lamb sits in the chair. I wouldn't be so sure about that. I read an article about them in Business Week just a few months ago. His colleague interrupts him. I saw that article. Wasn't the headline something like, Federal Express takes a nosedive? Doesn't sound like we have a lot to worry about. Well, if you'd read the article, you'd know the headline was very misleading. They're delivering to over 60 cities now and customers are happy. Packages are arriving on time. The other executive shrugs. Still unimpressed. Their service is expensive, and most packages don't need to get somewhere overnight. Eh, They'll have one corner of the market, but we'll have the rest. Lamb shakes his head, frustrated. When people get used to speed, it's hard for them to go back. Besides, Business Week said that in the past year, they experienced the kind of growth that usually happens in three years. You know, I think we need to watch out for this company. The executive comes around from behind his desk and leans against the front. George, we're doing really well. We finally got approval to deliver in all 48 states of the continental U.S. 
I know you just got promoted to vice president and you want to make some moves, but we don't need to worry about this upstart. Lamb shakes his head. He's been with UPS since 1952, when he started as a shop clerk in Cincinnati. He steadily worked his way up, moving to headquarters in 1972 and being named vice president last year. He stayed with the company even after attending law school and passing the Ohio Bar because he believed in it so much. This is not about ego. We're being short-sighted. His colleague shrugs. Agree to disagree. Low overhead is a foundational principle of UPS. And you know, planes are the opposite of low overhead. Lamb exits the office, dissatisfied. He doesn't understand why no one else sees FedEx as a worthy rival. He doesn't have the power to do anything about it now. But when he does, he's going to make sure UPS can compete in the overnight delivery business. This massive book is the Aviation Act of 1938. This is 350 pages of regulations. It's April 1976. Fred Smith is testifying in front of the House Subcommittee on Aviation, which is considering deregulating the airline industry. My company is being jeopardized. Not because of low demand, not because any other company is able to offer a better service for lower prices, not because... Of any legitimate reason, the free market might jeopardize a company. Now that I could accept. Those are the rules of the game I signed up to play. No, my company is being jeopardized because the United States government will not allow me to purchase larger planes. FedEx's steady growth is straining the capacity of their planes. The company is assigning two planes per night for certain routes, and they've even started trucking some packages to nearby destinations. But none of these solutions are sustainable. The workarounds are cutting into tight profit margins. The most efficient way for them to handle the rising volume would be to upgrade to bigger planes. But the regulations won't allow it. You want to know what I think should be done with these regulations? Rip them up. Let the free market rule the air. The chair of the committee leans forward and speaks into his mic. Thank you for that passionate testimony, Mr. Smith. Smith walks out and meets up with the other FedEx executives who are watching in the gallery. An executive claps his hand on Smith's shoulder, grinning. (laughs) That was very dramatic. Smith nods but doesn't return the smile. We need to do more. Back in Memphis, FedEx begins an all-out campaign to push deregulation. FedEx executives appear on talk shows and meet with various legislative staffers to make their case. They also organize grassroots support. Their sales force works the phones, reaching out to all 40,000 of their customers. I'm putting a pamphlet in the mail for you right now that'll lay it all out in more detail. I don't know if you've heard, but out in Washington, D.C., they're debating deregulating the airlines. It would allow us to fly bigger planes, ship more packages, and, and you know, if we do more volume we may be able to lower our prices just a little bit. (laughs) On the other end of the phone, the customer chuckles. I like the sound of that. Right? Well, the problem is the bill's getting a lot of pushback from some unions and some other airlines that were granted exemptions. Those airlines don't want to lose their edge, of course, so they're calling this special interest legislation. Now, we could really use all the support we can get, so 
If you could tell your representatives that you support this, it would be a big help to us. It'll allow us to better serve you. All right, well, we'll see what we can do. We really appreciate it. In D.C., FedEx's efforts are paying off. A mailroom worker knocks on the door of Congressman Harold Ford Sr., a representative from Memphis. Mail! One of Ford's staffers opens the door and sees the cart overloaded with bags. His eyes widen. Is this all for us? Yep. The two men unload the cart and the staffer begins going through the stacks of letters. Curious, other staff members gather around and also start opening envelopes. After a moment, one looks up. Everyone I've opened is pushing for cargo plane deregulation. Mine too. The staff members exchange a look. We better tell the congressman. Who knew this many people cared about that? FedEx's campaign works. In 1977, President Jimmy Carter signs into law a bill that deregulates cargo planes. FedEx can now set their own routes and fees, and most importantly, fly whatever size plane they want. The company immediately purchases 13 new planes, much larger than the ones they had been flying. Now, they have the capacity to grow. It's April 1978, and Fred Smith and a handful of other FedEx executives are standing above the floor of the New York Stock Exchange as traders yell and shout. Smith watches with a content smile on his face. Finally, we're public. Smith had explored taking the company public in 1975, but he ran into roadblocks with the banks. But now that airlines are deregulated, everyone's feeling more bullish on FedEx's prospects. The executive next to him takes in his smile. I almost can't believe this is real. We spent so long not knowing if we'd make it from one day to the next, and now, look at us. Now we're here. He checks the ticker. Trading at $24 a share? It's unbelievable. We're going to raise over $18 million today. Smith turns and looks at him, a confused look on his face. You had doubts? I never did. The executive shakes his head in disbelief. Regardless, this is a new era for FedEx. (laughs) And nothing can stop us now. Agreed. More planes, more cities, more profits. But deregulation doesn't just change the landscape for FedEx. It also makes it easier for UPS to offer air delivery service. And they're about to get a CEO who won't let FedEx fly solo. Where's my order? Where's my order? Where's my order? Break free from customer support monotony. Welcome to Intercom for Customer Support, the business messenger that uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Intercom's business messenger resolves questions that can be answered automatically, so customer support feels less like Groundhog Day and more like help is on the way. Go to intercom.com slash support to learn more about Intercom's business messenger for customer support. Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works. 
knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance, or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Go to Investor.gov today to learn about these investment products and more. How much do you already know about investing? Find out by putting your financial knowledge to the test with their new investment quiz. Investor.gov is your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest, Investor.gov. It's 1980, Greenwich, Connecticut. UPS's board of directors is welcoming their new CEO. The chairman stands at the front of the room, getting everyone's attention. I want to welcome our new CEO, George Lamb. Now, he's no stranger to UPS, of course. He's been with the company almost 30 years, but he is our first CEO since Jim Casey himself to come up through operations instead of accounting. And as we enter the last two decades of the 20th century... I believe he will bring a new perspective that will benefit this company. Lamb holds up his hand in gratitude. Thank you for that warm welcome. I'm excited to be at the helm and honored to be entrusted with this great brand. After the toasts, an executive sidles up to Lamb. So, have you given any thought to your first move? I'm going to buy some planes. The executive cocks an eyebrow and holds up his glass. Watch out, Federal Express. Indeed. Lamb wastes little time buying his first plane and starts providing limited service. But to really compete with FedEx, UPS needs to open up its own hub, like the one FedEx has in Memphis. It's 1981, Louisville, Kentucky. A young UPS executive stands in the waiting area, anxiously scanning the crowd. Finally, he sees who he's looking for and waves. Mr. Lamb! George Lamb strides over. Thanks for picking me up. The young executive takes Lamb's bag and directs him towards his car. Even though Lamb was a gunner in the Army Air Corps during World War II, he hates to fly. He always opts to either take a train or drive. The other members of the team are already at the site. It's not far. Lamb nods. A little while later, they arrive at the Louisville International Airport, where they meet up with the other executives who flew in. An airport employee escorts Lamb and the others to a spot out between the two runways. Lamb turns to the man. How much land is this here, right between the runways? About 550 acres, sir. Lamb nods. We could build a sizable sorting center here. The executives agree with him. Absolutely. Bigger than FedEx's, that's for sure. And Louisville is centrally located. It's a perfect spot for a hub. Well, this is looking like a good option, gentlemen. As they head back inside, Lamb decides to review the rest of their plans. And where are we with recruiting pilots? It won't be a problem, sir. Now that passenger planes no longer have to fly to smaller markets, airlines are cutting routes. A lot of pilots are losing their jobs. Good, good. Drive a hard bargain with them. They don't have leverage. Customers don't know us for overnight air service. We're going to attract them by offering lower prices. I want prices that are at least 30% lower than FedEx's. Closer to 50%, ideally. Got it, sir. 
UPS moves at a slow and steady pace as it puts together its overnight air service. But FedEx knows that time is running out. Once the new service is fully up and running, FedEx will need to have an answer ready. It's 1981, Memphis. A handful of executives are back at the Sawmill restaurant. Look, we have to assume that UPS is going to aggressively undercut us in price. Another executive sighs in frustration. We are assuming that. The question is how we respond. I don't think it behooves us to get into a price war. We need to think outside the box. Now, what's another way we can distinguish ourselves? I have an idea. Speed. CEO Fred Smith and the other executives look at him, waiting for him to elaborate. We've established that we deliver by noon, right? Yes. Yes. Well, that's the baseline for overnight delivery. UPS is going to be building their service based on that timing. Now, listen, what if we change our package delivery time? What if, say, we'll deliver by 11 a.m. or even 10.30 if we can swing it? Another executive nods his head, thinking through how this would work. It'll strain our logistics, but we could do it. And that would definitely give us a leg up. It wouldn't be the cheaper service, but we would be the better one. That's something marketing can really push. The executives turn to Smith. It's ultimately his decision. He nods. It's a good idea. Let's do it. The executive who came up with the plan grins. It's high praise from Smith. But Smith still seems distracted. The executive leans forward, crinkling his brow. Did you have another idea? Smith turns to him. It's time to expand. Let's move into Europe. The other executives are surprised. Europe's major cities are so much closer together than America's so trucks can deliver packages overnight. It's unclear how much market advantage FedEx will gain offering air shipping there. But Smith looks confident, and they trust him. Little does he know what a tough market Europe will be to crack. On the next episode, UPS fully launches its next-day air service, bringing the companies head-to-head for the first time, and they both compete for the European market. Plus, Fred Smith makes a rare misstep with a new service, setting back the company. From Wondery, this is Episode 3 of FedEx vs. UPS for Business Wars. If you like our show, please give us a five-star rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Wondery app, or wherever you're listening right now. And make sure to join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app to listen ad-free. You'll also find some links and offers from our sponsors in the episode notes. Supporting them helps us keep offering our shows for free. Another way you can support the show is by filling out a small survey at wondery.com survey. And tell us which business stories you'd like to hear. A quick note about recreations you've been hearing. In most cases, we can't know exactly what was said. Those scenes aren't dramatizations, but they're based on historical research. Now, if you'd like to learn more about UPS, we recommend Big Brown by Greg Neiman. I'm your host, David Brown. Austin Rackless wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Edited and produced by Emily Frost. Sound designed by Kyle Randall. Our executive producers are Jenny Lauer-Beckman and Marshall Louie. 
created by Hernan Lopez for Wondery. Hi, I'm Brooke. And I'm Arisha. And we're the hosts of Even the Rich. So I want you to imagine you're about to go on stage and perform in front of 30,000 cheering fans. You pop a cough drop, take some deep breaths, tell yourself, you can do this. And that's when your brother steps into your dressing room. He tells you the police are here. Either you clean up your act or you'll get arrested. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But you just laugh and say, good, because the you in this story is Madonna. You're going to give the police a moment they'll never forget. Ooh, so what happens next? If you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the newest season of Even the Rich, The Making of Madonna. Follow on Amazon Music, the Wondery app, or wherever you're listening right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app to listen ad-free.